You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Our topic today, something that's, uh, that you've explored quite a bit lately, is uh, what, what is life planning? And what do we mean by life planning as part of financial planning? So um, by way of background, uh, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about the program you just went through and uh, some, of the, some of the ins and outs of life planning? Yeah, sure. So I was fortunate enough to take the um, Kinder four-day virtual Evoke training. Um, so George Kinder is widely regarded as kind of the father of life planning. And he has a training system for uh, financial advisors that they can go through to kind of master his evoke process. Um, So I spent four days virtually um, being trained by um, the the current guru and trainer that does all the training, uh, Louis, who is actually in um, Netherlands and <laughs> with a bunch of people from California. So we had some crazy time zones going on, um, but we managed so. to to make it all work. And, and it was a fantastic experience. And I learned a ton, um, not only about financial planning, um, but also about myself, because one of the neat things about the training is you actually get life planned yourself. You can experience that kind of from the client point of view, which was uh, really cool. So. Nice. Good. So, so what are those, those elements of life planning? What do you mean when you say that? You know, life planning is in, in the words of George Kinder, life planning is financial planning done right. So kind of mm-hmm. the elements of that are, and we incorporate those into our plan now, but they're, Exploration, vision, obstacles, knowledge, and execution are kind of the five mm-hmm. phases of financial life planning through the evoke process. You know, the, the knowledge is kind of the, the K part of it is kind of your traditional financial planning along with the execution. The, where you see the real differences is the EVNL, the exploration, the vision, and the obstacles. Mm-hmm. So those are really dealing more with you know, life goals, life-centered conversations. Um, and that's something that Dave, you and I have talked about struggling for a long time with working with clients and figuring out exactly what their goals are and being able to quantify them and help them with that. And this process is really kind of rooted in making that all happen. Um, mm-hmm. And so going through it from a personal aspect. And, and so I guess stepping back a little bit and given my history in, in life planning. So I first heard about life planning back in, boy, probably 2010 or so, um, mm-hmm. 2011, somewhere around those lines. And so there's a, there's a lot of different versions of, of financial life planning kind of out in the marketplace right now. There's George and, and his kind of mm-hmm. um, lighting the torch evoke planning process. Um, when I first started hearing about it, it was actually from um, Mitch Anthony who has yes. his own life planning. And then there's also, and I've, so I've studied with Mitch and I've also studied with Carol and oh, I can't think of her daughter's name right now. 
So the money quotient. Money aspect. quotient, yes. Yep. So money quotient is another one. Bill Backrack has one mm-hmm. that I kind of got introduced into early on. And so they all have just kind of different versions of, of basically getting at this question of you have all this money and you have these resources. How do you use them to make an impact? How does, mm-hmm. how does that translate into how you want to live your life? And, and that's kind of how I think of life planning or, or kind of what life planning is. Um, mm-hmm. It's really, like I said, financial planning done right. We have all these tools and techniques for the financial aspect of things. But if we don't have a target that we're shooting our arrows at, we're just shooting right. and hoping we hit something. <laughs> right, right. And so the, the life planning approach is really how we get very super specific and we know exactly where the bullseye is so that when we're pulling arrows and shooting them, we know exactly what to aim for. And that really... Yeah helps us as planners know exactly the advice to give. And I kind of think of it as when we make financial decisions, it's not necessarily about what the best financial decision is, right? Because if it's just Mm -hmm. financially related, we'd all be living in cardboard boxes with million dollar investment accounts. And, uh, you know, and and that's just not reality. We never spend a dime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. numbers wise, that's that's always the best answer. Right. Spend nothing, right. save everything, invest and everything. Have no fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, you know, for years I've said to clients, money's money's really only as good as what you do with it. And right. the way I look at at the life planning aspect, it's like figuring out what that thing you want to do really is to make the yes. most good for you. Um, yes, you know I. A lot of us, and I include myself in this group, kind of came into this business more from the analytical side, the um, analyze portfolios, develop, uh, you know, the next best investment vehicles, you know, try to crunch numbers. And this, this to me is a very different approach. But it's funny because a lot of, you know, as, as we, I think, I think if you do the analytical side long enough, you evolve towards the life planning side, because you're always sure. saying, well, Clients will ask you a question and you realize the answer is not cut and dry, hardly ever. I mean, we'd like to say right. X plus Y is always Z, but, you know, there's a few weird factors in there, depending on how people think about things and what the long-term outlook is for them. I think you you came to this life planning, like before we knew each other, you were already in tune with this, maybe a little more than I was. Yeah. So it's funny, kind of my background of getting into this. And, and I came from the analytical side as well. So when I went to school to study finance, it was purely because I liked numbers and math and I was very analytical. And I had my dad and my stepmom were are actually therapists. And so I wanted to get as far away from emotions and as, as close to, you know, <laughs> tangible yeah. math questions as I could get. Um, and so that's kind of how, how I you know, came into the business. And then I really kind of felt this pull of it's we can analyze anything. We can analyze it to death. But if we don't know how it fits into what's important to you, then there's no point in doing it. Right. And so right. as hard as I tried to, to get out of the family business, I just kept getting sucked back in. Right. But yeah. and, and now I don't know how to do financial planning any other way. Like I can't sit down with somebody and just give them some solutions without knowing exactly right. where they want to go. Right. Right. It's it's uh, it's it's difficult to see it a different way once you started thinking about it in terms of goals and the big picture. Um, just to offer portfolio solutions seems silly. Right. Way. Yeah. Um, right. Absolutely. And 
I I'm I'm taking a class right now on financial therapy that kind of fits with some of this. And I think one of the things my professor said last week that I think speaks well to it is that there's internal planning and there's external planning with the external being the analytical side, the nuts and bolts, the building scenarios. The internal is that internal monologue of what you want to do and how you should do it. And um, kind of playing the piano with both hands in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, kind of going back to my experience of being financial life plan, I think the, the really, the biggest thing, surprising thing for me was as I was working with another planner, just kind of had given the the space to discuss what was really and truly important to me. And it, and just, just having that person to talk through those things with was really remarkable because, you know, I've had George, so George's process goes through the three questions, um, which are pretty widely known and, and pretty well published. And he's been in the Wall Street Journal and all, all over the place with these three questions. But so I've given those questions to myself several times and made some pretty big, drastic changes in my life as a result of them, which is kind of why I'm so excited about his process and, and kind of why I lean towards his process. But the interesting thing for me was I feel like I moved a lot faster and a lot further by working with someone than by doing it on my own. And um, and, and part of that is really in in one of the kind of the aha moments that I had was, you know, we were talking about emotions. And um, most of the time when you go to talk to a financial planner, they want nothing to do with emotions. And life planning is a lot of just really dealing with the emotions. And the reason why it's so important to deal with the emotions is if you think of the word emotion, it's emotion, right? Energy and motion. And the thought process is we don't do anything unless there's emotions attached to it, because that's where we get our energy from. So if we completely ignore the emotions, chances are you're not going to go out and do the things that you want to do or do the things that you say you want to do because if there's no energy behind there's no emotion behind them. And this process really helps me deal with that, not only on the client aspect, but also in working with people of figuring out what's important to them and using those emotions to get things done. Um, because I, I feel like a lot of times in planning and as a financial planner, I feel frustrated because clients will say they want to do something, but then nothing really happens. And that a lot of that is my fault for not providing the emotion and space for that. So being trained in that was really phenomenal. And and going through that process myself was very, very helpful. Sure. Yeah. To see it from the uh, the client point of view. You know, I I think, I think that brings up an important aspect though, too. It's not, this is kind of, this isn't the sort of thing most people come to a financial planner for, right? Oh, and absolutely. It's kind of, a, kind of a different approach. But at the same time, if what you're really trying to do is improve your financial life, you've got to start with that, that overall vision. You know, my personal feeling on it is nobody is in a better position to help you with this kind of thing than your financial because, you know, usually when you think about emotions, you think about therapy. Therapy is dealing with the past. And that is not what right. you or I will do. We can't do it. We're not capable <laughs> of doing it. We're no, very good right. at referring that to somebody who can deal with that. But right. what we do 
on a regular basis is we look for the future, right? We look sure. forward to what's next. And yeah. so financial life planning is that what's next and that emotion of you know, kind of the current moment of what you want out of life, what you need to live a meaningful life. That really falls on us because nobody else, nobody else out there is a able able to have those conversations, but B have the technical wherewithal to carry that through from through from. Hey, I've got this great idea of what I want to do, right. but how do I do all the uh, financial stuff? Right? How do I do the investments and how do I support this goal of what I want to do? The technical aspect of it, nobody has that capability but your financial advisor. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's a good way to put it. And, uh, it, you know, it's not that we're, we're not going to do all of the things we've always done. This is, this is an adjunct or a way to improve that. Yeah, it just helps us be so much more, you know, specific at making those recommendations. And, and when we're making recommendations, we're not making them based on the amount of money or, or the financial mm-hmm. ramifications. We're basing it on are you getting closer or further away from your goal, right? right so right. of your, your, your vision of the, your ideal life, are we getting closer to that by doing this or are we getting further away? It doesn't have right. anything to do with, uh, are you making more money in your 401k or less? It's more about, yeah. are you doing what you are truly put on this earth to do? Not, are you making more money? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, and I've done, I've done a portion of the training myself. One of the things that, uh, that struck me when I did it was I kind of felt like I was etching in stone these things I wanted to do. And I think one of the things that's important to point out is we expect this to be an evolution for every client, right? It's oh, not right. like, like you're going to, you're going to lay out this map for your life and then it's, it's stuck there in cement. You know, if there's one thing we've learned working with clients over the last several years. It's, and I think this is more salient this year in the weird world we've been living in is that goals and values change. They're not, oh, uh, yeah. they're not you, what you want to do now and what sounds good, to, what you think you want to do when you hit retirement, what sounds good now, is going to be something completely different when you get there. We can pretty much assume that. To that point, Dave, I, I completely agree. And, and what I would add to that is Maybe you mean maybe you do want to do maybe you want to you know travel around the world in your sailboat or and you mm-hmm. you know you plan it all out and you take a month and you sail and you say hey you know what that was great that was fantastic but I don't need to yeah. go any further. But if you yeah, live your right. life without right. getting in that boat, you might always you're never going to know. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and you're never yeah. going to know that you're ready yeah. to move on to the next phase. And yeah. so yeah. you know it things are going to change. Ultimately, you're yeah. going to do things and they're going to be great. You're going to want to keep doing them or you're going to want to stop and try something else. And that's that's why we live in this wonderful world that we can't plan out to a T because things are always changing and that's what makes it exciting and fascinating. So in terms of our processes and what we do, um, we're essentially working some of these aspects into our our financial planning process on the front end. Um, Want to talk a little bit about how we see that working? Yeah, so our our kind of financial planning process is rooted in this evoke process. And, and we do make some minor tweaks here and there about you know, how we're doing parts of this process. But, you know, the biggest thing is the visioning process and figuring out and having that 
that time and space to really think about what's important to you and, and what you want mm-hmm. to accomplish. And that to me is really the most important part of this whole process because very rarely do we, I feel like very rarely do we give ourselves the space to not only think about those things, but also to verbalize them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I love working with couples because it's fascinating to see how many times that we, there's something really important to us that we don't even verbalize with our, our spouse. Right. Um, and, and myself included, I, you know, I go through this training and I've got all these great ideas. And so what the first thing I do is sit down with my wife and start talking about them. And she's like, oh, really? I didn't realize that was so important to you. And so those are the kind of things, because we live in this crazy world where we're constantly going and doing things and creating that space for a couple to work through that stuff um, is, is really powerful. So a lot of times it's just that that space to be able to think and to verbalize some of these things. Right. Um, I think it's, that's really powerful. That brings up a, a good point with the, with the couples involved, because I think that can be intimidating for some people. And I, my favorite example was when George offered himself talking about the going through this process and the husband's vision of his retirement was sailing around the world in a sailboat and visiting all these ports of call and just living life on the deck of his boat, in the sunshine. And then they turn to his wife and his wife says, well, all that sounds good, except I get seasick. <laughs> yeah. And, but the point, the point was that he was making by telling that story was what they ended up doing was figuring out a way, like, like her vision was something along the lines of visiting her grandchildren and raising horses or, you know, something along those lines. And they, they came up with a plan where he would do trips for a few weeks or months at a time and they would meet someplace with the grandkids and and do do stuff together like he would sail to california or san francisco and she would meet him there with the kids and they would do something together and you know so the the point being you know don't feel like all these things are going to be mutually exclusive or sometimes what we think of as our vision is more symbolic of things we want to do than than as literal as we make them Absolutely. And I, and I think you, I'm glad you brought that up because you make a good point of you know, the visioning part is, you know, kind of important what I get excited about. But the flip side of that, the next step, the obstacle step that we have built into our process is exactly what you're talking about, right? So in a normal, in, in the value of working with a financial planner. Um, so, you know, you have this goal of you want to sail around the world, but your wife gets seasick. So, and that's a major obstacle. And if you're just the two of you trying to work and figure it out, sometimes you don't come to that conclusion. Where if you're working through what those obstacles are and you're working with a financial planner, what seems like the impossible, a lot of times we can make happen. And even if we can't make it happen, we can still deliver kind of that feeling of what you want to get out of sailing around the world. Um, as opposed to maybe not the whole thing, but a portion of it so that you still feel like you're doing what you need to do. Right, right. And that was that was a uh, major hangup for a lot of the planners discussing this as well. We're sitting here looking at someone's finances and they're telling us they want to sail around the world and that's just not in the cards with where they're at. Well, that is often going to be very true, but either it can be something you work towards down the road or like you suggested, break it into bite-sized pieces. Could you take a week of your vacation time next year and rent a boat for you know the for that vacation, or take sailing lessons, or you know do something that 
furthers you down the road towards that goal, even if it's not literally that big fulfillment that, that comes out of discussions. And, and I think that what I learned about working with another financial planner is that um, if, if we think about these things on our own and we think, you know, this is a great idea, I'd really like to do this. How often do we just turn around and say, well, that's impossible. That's yeah, stupid. Right. That's silly. Right. But when you're working with someone and they're like, yeah, you know what? That is a great idea. I think you can do it. Here's how we might do that. That is so energizing and it's so helpful to have somebody be in your corner that you end up doing things that A, you just put off and never thought you could do, or B, you just didn't have enough energy behind them. So you have, you're working with someone that can provide that to get you to do those things that you wouldn't normally otherwise do because we're so predispositioned as humans to just say, oh, oh that's nonsense, yeah. forget about it. Yeah, right? we, we tend to have tunnel vision. and we, we just look at the next week ahead, the appointments on the books or the, Right. tasks at hand and forget about the bigger picture very easily, very quickly. That's right. Way too, way too easy to fall back into. Right. Sure. Right. So um, I'm excited about uh, seeing uh, this become part of our normal routine as financial planners. And uh, yeah, should be, should be real good. I'm excited too. So um, continuing my training with George Kinder and his team doing their mentorship program to become a, registered life planner here in the next six months or so and, and really excited to you know deliver better planning to our, our clients so i'm very excited about that as well yep yep me too good all right well thank you nick yeah you got good stuff gather around and follow the kitchen table finance podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now you can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.